The information in this podcast is current on the day of recording. It is general advice only and does not take your personal situation into account. It may not be suitable for you. Good morning, my name's John Addis. I'm the editor and founder of Intelligent Investor and I have with me here this morning our brand new analyst, Nick Cummings. How are you doing, Nick? Good, thanks, John. How are you? I am very well. We, we are here today to talk about another in our top 10 growth stocks. But before we get into that, Nick, I thought we could just talk a little bit about your background and how you got into value investing uh, so that we can introduce you properly to our to our members. So let's maybe get started with football, which is a subject close to my heart. You went off to the US to play college football over there. When I say football, I mean soccer. How did you get from that to value investing? Yeah, so I left uh, when I was about 18 to go over there to do uh, university. Mm -hmm. And I thought at the time, four years, soccer, academics, this is going to be great. Perhaps, you know, finally make it in soccer. Yeah. Uh, That didn't happen. (laughs) And so by about year three and four, I sort of, found a passion at the time I had a really nice professor over there that was um, an ex-fund manager Mm -hmm. and started to learn about investing Uh, and ever since then I was hooked Uh, I had an ACL injury and ended up coming back to the US uh, sorry come back to Australia after my four years Mm -hmm. and then I got a job with Oracle Investment Management in Newcastle uh, about, about six years ago and ever since then I've been involved pretty much every day in in investing. Okay, that sounds good. ACL injuries are not uncommon in uh, professional football, as we all know. I think we've all had them. Terrible, terrible things. What was your first investment, Nick? My first investment was uh, Catapult. Um, So this is listed on um, the Australian Stock Exchange still. Uh, The Mm -hmm. reason why was I was familiar with the product um, as I've seen it being used in the US. Um, So I guess what the company does for those that don't know is they provide a little chip to athletes. You'll see mainly professional athletes using them and that tracks their movements, um, where they are are on the pitch, um, uh, what their muscles are are putting out and and those sorts of things. Right. So that that was my first investment uh, right after it IPO'd. Okay. And it went well or how did it go? It, it did go well, actually. It, um, oh, that's it, terrible. Yeah, I know. And, it was, <laughs> and I didn't know much about it. Um, I didn't know really. I was still learning my craft, and um, yeah. but but it, it did do well. Um, yes. Yeah. You, 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 you find out, I think, at the start that you end up paying for your own education. Uh, yeah. Investing. <laughs> anyway, so let's get on to uh, ProMedicus. This is a company that we have never had an official recommendation on. Graham Whitcomb did write uh, an ideas lab on this business, I think, last October. And uh, that's all that we've written on it. I think the reason why we haven't covered it more fully is because it's always looked so bloody expensive. (laughs) But let's start with, and there are reasons for that, which we'll get into. But let's just start with um, what the company actually does. Can you tell us how ProMedicus makes money? Certainly. Uh, so ProMedicus go-to-market is a brand called Visage 7 or a product called Visage 7. And this is mainly used in US hospitals. And it's essentially software for radiologists to provide diagno- diagnosis. Mm-hmm. 
And so when a hospital signs these contracts, they sign up to uh, minimums with ProMedicus that are based on the amount of exams that a radiologist does in, in their networks. Mm-hmm. And so ProMedicus charges per exam with with a minimum take or pay um, signed into the contract. And essentially every exam that the hospital does, uh, ProMedicus earns revenue off. There are a few other revenue lines that they do as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's some professional fees and, and an Australian business that's much smaller as well. Okay. So the, the way that I understand this works is that when you might go into hospital for a, a CAT scan or a CT scan or a PET scan, the machine produces this these series of images that are very, very data intensive. What What is it that makes ProMedicus different from the suppliers of those machines and their software? The, the main difference is speed. And, and you alluded to it just then. As these machines um, have got uh, better over time and as the images have got more complex, the data of these images or the files um, ha- has increased. So we're not talking mm. about megabytes anymore. We're talking about gigabytes. And so what Prometicus's software does is they keep all their images at a server. They render the images there and then they stream them to the radiologist. So the best way to think about it and how management like to describe it to investors is it's like Netflix. Instead of downloading the movie, they're streaming it. Um, Whereas their competitors, they send and compress these files to the radiologist. So as these files have got bigger, these legacy systems that um, the competitors um, have installed in these hospitals have started to break down. And ProMedicus by far um, is the quickest out there. And that has all sorts of... um, benefits for the hospitals so what what are the benefits then because it looks to me as though the company i mean the margins it makes are quite astonishing and there must be some significant benefits for paying so much more than what their competitors charge what are those benefits to the users so the main benefits are productivity. So radiologists aren't sitting there waiting for files. They're actually doing what they're paid to do, which is doing the diagnosis. So this is clearing backlogs. This is allowing more patients to come through the door with the same amount of radiologists, which improves hospital margins, improves patient care, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. Um, the other uh, use case for ProMedicus over their competitors um, with speed is for a broken hand, an extra and a broken hand, whether it's one hour or three hours, it doesn't really matter the time of the diagnosis as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a, a brain bleed and someone's come through the emergency department, right, that matters. So you need, you need it as quickly as possible and that can be a life and death situation. So it's mainly a return on investment. And as you said, uh, ProMedicus charges 50% to double some of their competitors, but the return on investment at the hospital gets us mainly through the productivity of the radiologists. And and also you have this equipment that's sitting there. Uh, the, the more throughput you can get on the equipment. I had a PET scan a couple of weeks ago and and uh, the guy that was running the team there said, compared to where we were seven years ago, he said, we do, we, we're putting through double the patient number. So if you've got this big fixed cost you're paying for this machine, um, the quicker the throughput, the more patients that you can see. And I suppose the software that ProMedicus offers just assist that too. It's not just the staff, it's also the cap, the CapEx involved in buying these machines in the first place and increasing usage. 
Yeah, that, that's 100% correct. And they also, um, another cost saving in there can be that the contracts they sign aren't just for one hospital. They're usually, usually for networks of hospitals. So there might be 10 hospitals in a network. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these hospitals actually had 10 different systems. So these hospitals might have been acquired over time and had 10 different um, competitors to ProMedicus or five different competitors, and they can just rationalise this all into one system. So there's some infrastructure um, savings as well, potentially. Okay, okay. So when, I suppose because of our experience with Netflix and other streaming services, it seems really simple, but... Let's go back to football again. When Optus got the right to the English Premier League, it was quite obvious that they had no idea how to build a streaming app. Is it similar with this kind of service, Nick? Is it? Is it? Is there a lot of technology involved in streaming these very, very high-resolution 3D images across a network that makes it hard to replicate? There is. The, the other big factor here is... We're dealing with legacy competitors. So these guys have had systems installed for two or three decades, whereas ProMedicus has been able to come with a new product with no, um, I guess, nothing from the past they've had to mm. redo. So, so that's another um, big aspect here as well. Uh, the big risk is this technology and whether a, a company like a Philips or GE or Simmons can can go and replicate this technology and deliver similar speeds at perhaps a reduced cost than yeah. ProMedicus. But so far, ProMedicus has remained ahead of the competition and the transition to the cloud, which is um, happening for a lot of these US hospitals, ProMedicus has actually got the best cloud product at the moment or the best cloud software. And they were much quicker than their competitors at transitioning to the cloud. And this does take time. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, with most of their competitors is they're huge organizations with lots of bureaucracy, 50 different products all across um, healthcare Mm -hmm. and other areas in the case of GE and and Simmons. Um, So it might not be number one priority tomorrow to take on ProMedicus who only have a four to 5% market share in the U S currently. But it is, it is the big risk. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk now about the geographies then, because even though this is an ASX listed company, most of the revenue seems to come from the US and they've just made some strides into Europe. Mm-hmm. Where is the growth coming from? It, it's almost entirely the US. So uh, their Australian business um, doesn't uh, doesn't use Visage 7, so that their business in Australia is actually a radiology information system. So think of this as um, like a practice management. Some of their top right. customers are Helios and, and IMED. So they provide uh, medical billing, uh, scheduling for appointments, bookings, mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. Um, so that business is, it's a good business, but it's only 15% of revenue. And radiologists in Australia, for the most part, don't use the Visage 7 um, software. And the reason why is the uh, co-founder, um, Dr. Sam Hubert, has discussed this with investors in the past that uh, hospital management in Australia, uh, it's big bureaucracy. Radiologists don't make the end decision. And so they're just not going to go over the, after those government contracts, which are really done on price and 
and backroom deals and that sort of thing. So all the growth is now coming from these private hospitals in America. Okay. And and presumably that's for the reasons we discussed previously where they're more focused on profitability. Yeah, and, and, and these hospitals over there, uh, for example, that there's – there's a top 20 hospitals listed. ProMedicus mm. have nine of those hospitals. So there's a lot more competition and um, these hospitals are sometimes by universities, uh, run by universities, I should say, like Duke or um, uh, NYU or something like that. And so they're really looking at the forefront um, for medicine, whereas in Australia, for the most part, our hospitals are there to take care of the patients and get them back out the door. Um, yeah. These hospitals also have heavy research sides um, and, and want generally want the best equipment. So, so on that then, is there are there things that ProMedicus is doing with the data that they get that actually can aid diagnosis even, or is it simply just the delivery of the images? So the software they do is highly functional as in terms of it can um, – change how images are in terms of they can highlight different things, they can compare it to old images. And the and the new product they're introducing, and they recently in February 2021 got FDA clearance for it, is adding artificial intelligence algorithms. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the US, um, every AI algorithm needs to be FDA cleared. And ProMedica's first one is for breast density. So this software is going to go into their current of this algorithm is going to go into the current software and help mm-hmm. radiologists essentially diagnose um, breast densities and that should improve patient outcomes moving forward they've designed this software so any algorithm can go in even a competitor's algorithm can go into the software which is kind of smart because it sort of takes away some of the obsolescence risk mm-hmm. um, however Radiology algorithms, there's a lot. You can go and uh, look at the FDA website and there's over 50 of them. So this is this is something that is changing healthcare and something you're probably going to see a lot more of moving forward. Is this Does this relate to uh, – Graham in his Ideas Lab referenced an article in Nature that talks about breast cancer screening and mm-hmm. that AI has a reduction of – uh, a, a quite a substantial reduction in false positives. Is is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? You know, the, the, just the improvement of the diagnosis and a more accurate diagnosis using AI. Yeah, that's essentially it, and, and that's and that's what AI is going to be used for across the board in healthcare. Is this trying to reduce human error? Now, radiologists for ProMedicus's algorithm, radiologists will still view these images and write a diagnostic report and all of that, but it's just another tool to aid radiologists um, in finding any um, discrepancies. Okay, okay. So there's there's some amazing growth prospects there by the sound of it, in addition to the, the advantages delivered by quicker data processing and delivery. Let's move on to the... Um, the, the finances in the business, looking at the share price chart over the past 10 years, this is a business that's been going since 1984, I think. So there's a, there's a long, long history in this business. But it's gone up over 7%. Seven, it's, I think it's a seven-bagger in the last five years. And it's only fallen 
25 or 30 percent despite having a PE up in the 150s <laughs> in the past few months unlike you know all the other growth stocks that I run <laughs> um why is that what what is it that has made ProMedicus more resilient in this market I think their their end client um, is healthcare, so there, there hasn't been a bring forward from COVID. If anything, there was probably a slowdown, so they they weren't a COVID winner, which is a lot of the technology names that have fallen. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the other reason is the growth profile for this company. Um, it ha- it's not being questioned. Uh, the valuation might be questioned, and um, and you can definitely make those questions at over a hundred times forward earnings. Um, but the growth profile, they've been growing at 25% per annum revenue. They continue to win contracts. I think last week or the week before, they won another $28 million contract over seven years. Um, and it's predicted moving forward that they continue to win these contracts. And that should be the basis of growth. So I think that's yeah. probably the, the reason why it's held up better than others. There's, there's also presumably the, the demographic benefits of an aging population and the need for, for more scans and more tests. Yeah, and they um they benefit from an aging population. So how they set their contracts up is mm. we we talked about the the minimum. So if we reference the contract they signed with Elena Health um, a week and a half ago, that's twenty eight million dollars over seven years, which is around four million dollars a year. Which the number that they report to the market is a, is a minimum, but Elena Health will probably go over that. So they could be doing five or six million. Um, in revenues um, from that contract per year. And if Alina Health go and acquire another hospital or more patients come through the door, they benefit at the same price um, as the contract um, was signed at. So the exam is the same cost, or the per exam cost is the same, even if they go over that amount. Yeah, okay, I get it. So there's limited downside and lots of potential upside in the individual contracts. Yeah, correct. Okay. Okay. And, and what about the competition? It would seem to me as though this would be a good company for Siemens or GE or Philips to buy. Definitely would. I, I think the, the hard thing would be devaluation. Um, it's, it's a hard thing for everybody. Yeah, by yeah. The sound of it. You're paying, you're paying four and a half billion dollars for a company that did, um, 30 odd million dollars in profit last year so uh, i think i think that's probably it's a hard thing to get past yeah, shareholders yeah 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 the, what the about- other reason sorry is mm. um is the co-founders own 52 percent of the stock so 26 um, percent each so mm. there's that problem as well yeah yeah it would have to be a very attractive offer for for them to be taken out presumably what what about uh the, the margins are great what about the cash? They seem to be have a lot of cash in the bank. Uh, that might be another reason why the share price hasn't fallen that much. Yeah. What, what about their cash position and their ability to reinvest in the business and maybe roll out their AI technologies across different kinds of diseases? Yeah, so the cash position um, is fantastic. I mean, they have they should have about close to $100 million um, of net cash on the balance sheet. Um, yeah. by the end of this year. And I mean, in terms of reinvestment, if we look at this business, um, when they last released financials, 
They had around, I think, $95 million worth of equity. If you subtract the cash, there's only about 15 to $20 million worth of equity. So they're running about 150, 200% return on equity adjusting for the cash. So they, they've... Oh, dear. Yeah, they, it's, it's an amazing business to look at, even if you're not interested in the company as an investment or the technology, just have a look at the financials. And the financials are just something else Uh, they run 66 percent margins profit before tax which is higher than visa and mastercard Uh, so this is incredible i've never seen a company like it Um, the software is completely scalable so everything drops um, to the bottom line Um, uh, for instance the first half um, report every new dollar of revenue, 86 cents of that uh, dropped to profit before tax. So the, the margins they've got moving for, uh, moving forward and the margin margins they have now are just astounding. It, it's it's mm. kind of amazing. And you sort of have to question that to a degree. Can you keep up with not investing as much in the business and keep ahead of this competition? But so far, they've been able to. So this sounds like an amazing business, Nick. The financials incredible. The the growth profile seems fairly assured. What might go wrong with this business? I think the biggest thing that can go wrong is, uh, as we've spoken about, competitors coming into the market with a product that's has the same speed, um, can be deployed in the cloud, uh, and at a lower price point than ProMedicus. The other thing that can go wrong in this business is if there's some sort of data breach, uh, which has been negated a little bit because of uh, their shift to the cloud, which the security is done by someone else like Google or Amazon, or some sort of software glitch that can't be fixed. Hmm. And that's it? I think so. I mean, this is an industry where change is happening rapidly. So Usually with technology, it's something that you don't think of ends up being Mm. the killer. I mean, Mm. no one thought GE and Philips wouldn't have thought that um, an Australian micro cap in 2013 was going to have the top nine or nine Mm. of the top 20 hospitals as their customers only a decade ago. So um, it shows you what's possible, doesn't it? It does. Okay, Nick, that's ProMedicus. Uh, It's an amazing business, fantastic growth business, and probably, I suspect, something that we're not really going to get a chance to buy. But let's hope for something that might go wrong, Uh, maybe some contract losses, a legal case. This seems to me the only way that we're going to get a chance to buy this company is if something goes wrong with it and we buy on the bad news. Yeah, All right, Nick, thank you very much. Uh, I hope the members enjoyed that. Thanks for your time, Nick, and uh, good luck with the next few years at Intelligent Investor. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, John.